do you did you have a wonderful time? Uh, well, her and Diana, her they're even better. Um, you know, the director of Over the Eyes and and Laura are getting together and talking and stuff. So that's mm. you know, Gringo doesn't need to get in the way of that. That's fair. That's legit. Yeah, yeah. So Diana's uh, excited and and talking to her and and uh, yeah, it's just been a it's been an awesome few weeks and and a lot of the awesomeness of the last few weeks is thanks to you. Oh, there we go. I'm like, what the heck? My fingers wake up, wake up, finger. Uh, anyway, sorry. Um, so, uh, Kara Jean Wilson, um, we're going to be talking about neurodivergent entrepreneurs, uh, leadership development. Um, how do you define a neurodivergent entrepreneur? So, I define them as neurospicy only because divergence Ooh. shows that they are different or somehow divergent from normal and uh. The only constant that I know of in life is that there is no constant. So this idea of normal doesn't really work for me. Uh, <laughs> but I I was confused because I don't, I am neurospicy. And I don't know that I ever, I don't feel like I know neurotypical. Like, I don't know that I know uh. anybody who falls in that category. So I started asking therapists about it. And I was like, please explain this to me because I need to I need to understand, right? They're like, well, imagine humanity is a beautiful rainbow, right? So neurotypical is like the three people standing at the very top of the rainbow. And from there, it gets spicier. Uh. And I thought, oh, well, that feels very validating. Thank you very much. So why do we build so much of our culture and our communities around this neurotypical concept? And the idea is because the neurotypical brain continues along processes. It's really good at just getting up and doing the same thing every day. Those of us who are spicy, whoo, mm. consistency is an entire <laughs> learning curve, you oh, know? Boy. Yes. Uh, yeah. Um, so we have to build our society around people who can consistently do things. So the rest of us can run around like crazy people innovating. <laughs> I love that. Um, you know, and when there's the atypical and there's those who are trying so hard to conform, you know, to that, I, I was that guy, um, you know, for years that was so scared of my natural self, um, you know, like that I, I buried it. Um, and I didn't, I didn't really know how to access it. Um, I, I didn't want to accept it. I wanted to just fit in. Um, and I wasn't getting very great results in life. I wasn't feeling very good. And I couldn't really understand why. Um, I thought it was because I wasn't enough. I wasn't conformed enough. Yeah. Right? So I, lo I love what you're doing. So leadership development for neurovergent entrepreneurs. We're going to dive into that even further after we dive into your vision. Real quick, what are three books or resources that you'd recommend for visionaries? Ooh, I absolutely encourage you to read The Oz Principle. It's fantastic. It's all about accountability. And it puts it in the Wizard of Oz context, so way more fun than regular <laughs> books. Um, oddly enough, uh, I would encourage you to read Alice in Wonderland, which technically is not a leadership book. But tell me... Off with your head. She's good. Oh, never mind. Let's go. Tell me that doesn't sound like bosses, you know, where everybody plays so well behaved around them. And then as soon as they're gone, they're like, this person. <laughs> yeah. yeah there's so many points in that book um and a third one okay so a pattern language again also not a leadership book specifically it is actually a book about building and construction but it is the pattern of human development over the last three thousand years it's a compositive study and it will really just help you understand human ming 
better. Wow. Good. Well, I, I think everybody listening just now just got three brand new books on their list that haven't been recommended by by their entrepreneur like leader. So I love it. Very cool. I'll add one more that you probably haven't had in your list, which is Oh, the Places You'll Go by Dr. Seuss. Um, another great leadership book. Um, so with that said, we're going to dive into the break and we will be right back and dive right into Kara Jean Wilson's vision. All right. Welcome in to Vision Pros Live with Jackson Callum. I'm your show host. We will be doing interviews for visionary entrepreneurs and guest leaders who are building fantastic visions out there. Hey, what's up? And welcome into another episode of Vision Pros Live. I'm your show host, Jackson Callum, founder and CEO of First Class Business. And I'm so excited to have Kara Jean Wilson on stage today. It's going to be fun. I'm going to reserve a little bit of her bio for when I bring her on stage because she's actually become a dear friend over the last month. Um, and don't get me wrong. I like the people who come on our show. In fact, I tend to strive as hard as I can to love everybody in life. That can make it hard for people to appreciate my my referral sometimes because I see greatness in everybody, but like Kara Jean Wilson takes it to another, another, another level. Um, her ability to listen, her ability to intentionally care for what you're up to, her ability to connect you to the right people, like visionaries. If there's one like real resource that you want over all other things, it's people. People get things done. People help you build. People that like the right, the good people, she's the good people. Um, so she's the type of person that you absolutely want to get to know. She's always going to come to bat for you. So I've already seen that many, many times over the course of a month. And with how, you know, how productive we both are, how many things we have going on. Um, it's just, I, it's such a blessing um, to have her in my life already. So um, anyway, I got, I got to move into these sponsors though, and then bring her on stage. We talk about the vision. So sponsors, these are also two people who are extremely great givers and great leaders. The Law Spot with Melissa Gray. Um, I was so worried about bringing a lawyer on the show because I don't I don't like how contentious lawyers can be. Here comes Melissa with law doesn't have to be complicated. I'm like, okay, and she's nice enough. She's not just nice enough. She's like the nicest. And she's also very good at the lawyer thing, you know, like being direct and making sure that you understand what it is that you need. And, and she's going to go to bat for you. I'm going to stop there and just say, if you're, if you don't have legal counsel, it's time to interview somebody to make sure that you have, um, your, your wise stewardship in place. You got somebody to protect you. Don't go through the $20,000 trademark battle that I went through when I was at restaurant connect. Uh, don't just let Apple patent your software and, and not do anything about it. Again, been there. Um, you know, you get a hot, you get a demand letter, um, for somebody who owes you $18,000. Don't just walk away from it. Never mind. You know, like like get somebody to, to help. Um, directional advisors. Uh, Franklin Parker of Directional Advisors has been so awesome to work with. It's kind of funny. Um, so most of these are clients, by the way. And I used to tell myself, like, I'm not going to work with lawyers and I'm not going to work with financial advisors. Those are my two like, no, like I, those people, they, they tend to just. Yeah. Um, Franklin Parker and Melissa Gray have been absolutely phenomenal leaders with our team. And what that does is that shows me that they do have the capacity to scale because of how well they care for the people who are in their circles. Um, you know, if you want to find somebody who's going to scale, you got to find somebody who's an amazing leader. Franklin's just that. He's also wrote books on 
the topics of, of financial advisors. He's also uh, won awards for it. I'm not going to spoil those. You can find those on his website as we continue to build out his brand. Um, but he's also been selected to be um, one of two potential candidates for the excuse me, for the CFA Institute, which is kind of like the Hall of Fame for financial advisors. Um, I'm pretty certain he's going to get it. They have 685,000 followers on LinkedIn. Um, and if that doesn't tell you a lot about how good he is at what he does, um, just know that he was also managing finances for a billionaire. Um, so we'll, uh, we'll, di we'll diverge to the water project at this point. The water project. I won't rock this mic without talking about a cause that I care about in this world because that's really what this is all about. There's 8 billion people to help in this world. I love how the Water Project is dedicating their time and their resources to show us who doesn't even have access to clean drinking water so that we can contribute to that. And you get to see the outcome of these projects when you do contribute. So you get to see if they build a, a sand dam or borehole or borehole well. It works a lot like Kickstarter. So if you're not in a position to give financially to one of these resources, then my request is to just share this with somebody, um, you know, somebody who, who might be able to. Um, when, when we have so many wonderful things in life, I'm just not a big fan of, of burying our head in the sand. Um, you know, you don't know. Like we, when you share this with somebody, they might give $10,000 to something like this. And no, you can't take direct credit for giving the $10,000, but you should take direct credit for, for taking time to share it. Um, it should be a good feeling for you. And I uh, appreciate you. If you have any cause that you'd like us to support, just drop that cause in the comments. Give us the opportunity to support what you found in the world, something that draws you know your attention and, and excites you to be more than just whatever your role is in society. So without further ado, I'm going to bring Kara Jean Wilson on stage. Uh, Kara, welcome in. Thank you so much for being here today. I'm so excited. I love everything you were just saying. I specifically called on Never Say Never. <laughs> Oh, yes. <laughs> that I'm, I'm never going to work with lawyers. I'm never going to work with never say never. That That is that is one yes. lesson I am learning over and over and over. <laughs> correct. Correct. I, I I also I'm not a big fan of language that boxes me in. Right. And I found myself and I was like, well, one, I don't want to work with lawyers because, man, they could roast me in a heartbeat, you know, like if they don't like what I'm doing, um, you know. And, and so anyway, um, back to you. You're you're the only brand I know of that is. Your brand is all about you, yet not. That is so cool, right? Taking care of business, and, and you just you. But you, I've, I've met so many people. Okay, Tony Robbins does a good job of being there for people. Um, but most most individuals who have created a brand around their own name and their own identity also tend to talk all about themselves and do things all about themselves. And you've done this awesome job of honoring who you are while learning how to just show up for people holistically like you are here for people how do you do that because i've been there i guess is the easiest so much failure so much failure what is my unique mm -hmm. and magical skills uh i'm neuro spicy and i've gone through i'm a failure expert i'm just really good at it <laughs> that's awesome failing and i appreciate forward. everybody else's failures yes I love that. Um, you know, it's so hard to work and and accept the greatness of success when you're trying to maneuver through avoiding your failures and not talking about those. You know, it's like a room of lasers um, and, and you're getting your team to go through them and you won't really talk about it. Like, yeah, no, that's that's so cool. You just hit it and address it head on. So what's your vision for those that you serve? 
my ultimate vision is to unwrite hustle culture or rewrite what I call the Kara culture, right? Following the Kara method. Uh, think about how popular lean and scrum and, and assessments like disc and bank have been. And the thing that sets them so magically apart from everyone else is that like lean is positive productivity. How can you eliminate things from people's workload rather than giving them more? Scrum is all about positive product management, project management, right? Instead of focusing on what they're not doing, let's work on what they are doing. Disc and bank are all positive personality assessments. Hey, did you know this about yourself? Did you know you could change other things? Positivity. It's, yeah. we know, we know that hustle culture kills we have the wellness statistics to show it. We have the suicide rates to show it. We have the men's health notes to show it. We have the women's health notes to show it. The BIPOC community, the minorities, hustle culture where you just work to work so you look like you're working. Oh. I'm over it. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't the, the work. The non-nurturing quote that I'm a big fan of for that is busy as broke. Um, you know, and on the flip side of that, uh, so I'm reading tribal leadership right now, phenomenal, phenomenal book. And in it, they, they're right now where I'm, where I'm at in it, they're talking about how, you know, they, they designed the school systems based on the factory systems because the kids were in the factories and working. Yep. Um, right. And so they designed a system where ding, the bell rings, you do this, ding, the bell rings, you do this, ding, the bell. And, and. Then it created this this society of people who uh, are people pleasing that they want to be you know the ones who were considered the good ones um, that, that don't mess up that conform and I'm like oh man like this book's starting to hurt more and more um, you know as, as as you read it um, but it's yeah. it's important to address because if, if something like that hurts you know you're like starting to feel like hey you're talking about me and and doesn't feel good um, and maybe there's something below the surface that needs addressed yeah so yeah and that's you know first-class businesses, the world-class, the first-class businesses put people first and not just in words, but they actively look for ways to imply it. And that's what I'm looking for, for my clients, whether it's an individual as a leader, so they can have that, that alignment in their life. I don't talk about work-life balance because that's not a real thing, but alignment is real. Hmm. And so we can do alignment <laughs> for individuals. We can also work on alignment for entire companies. It's amazing if you Ooh. stop and listen how much your team will innovate your business for you. I love that. You know, I will. Know. Let's. So we're gonna take a little healthy debate on that. Um, the work-life balance aspect. I think sometimes people assume balance means equal. Um, and you know, just like first-class business, some people. Oh, he wants to be better than everybody else. No, <laughs> I used to want to. I used to have that super strong, gross addiction. You know, where I was stuck. Um, but now I just want to be my best self. I want to provide the best type of service to others, right? That's what first class business is all about. So I'm glad you yeah. caught that. The work-life balance. Um, I love the analogy of plate spinners um, because with the plate spinners, you might have 20 plates going, you have one persistent plate that needs more attention than the others, right? Like a kid who's going through a drug addiction, um, you know, or maybe your marriage is starting to fall apart and you need to spend more time on that. Um, you know, and so I would call that process of prioritizing what's most important I'd still call work-life balance in, in my humble opinion, but feel free to diverge from that. What, what do you see on that? Right. I love, I love bringing that awareness. And so a hundred percent balance is not equal. Balance is leveling things so that you don't fall over. I mean, mm -hmm. that's the definition, right? 
But when we talk about work-life balance, we are talking about making sure you have enough of each. And if your work is going to take up eight hours of your day, then ideally you have eight hours for your life and eight hours to sleep, right? Conceptually, that is a balance. So you don't fall over. You still rest. You still have fun. You still have play. That's not what happens. Work life expands to 10 hours a day, 16. I've had coaches that say, give me, I'll let you have four hours with your family and you can give me the rest of your time so we can make you successful. That's not balanced. Right. Not balanced. Um, so I talk about alignment because the converse, trying to balance grains of sand against an entire beach, well, it's never going to work. Mm -hmm. But you can align those. You can align your work within your life. Yeah. And then when it changes, when it innovates, when it adapts, you don't have to rebalance. You just follow the alignment. Right. I love that. And sometimes in life, we have an opportunity to run a marathon, right? But if you're running marathons daily, right, like you got to listen to your body, you know, your, your heart, your mind, and, and you, you got to know you well enough to know what's appropriate for your stage of life. And in, in my opinion, now you talk about the unhustle. I love that. I go back to that exact quote. Um, let's see you said unwriting the hustle culture. Um, you know, it's, it's so hard with Instagram, right. And with Facebook and the highlight reels, and it looks like go, 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 or it looks like everybody's always winning. Um, you know, I think that's one of the greatest contributors to that feeling like, oh my gosh, like I got to do what everybody else is doing. Um, you know, maybe, maybe I'm wrong on, on that being one of the greater contributors. What, what else is contributing to our need to feel like we have to run faster than we're able? Oh, I think that there are so many contributing factors, epigenetics, you know, <laughs> you know, between our, how we came ahead, this, I, I sorry, yeah, You're good. um, that, that, that's like Tourette's with me. I just, since I started learning <laughs> about epigenetics, now it comes up everywhere. Um, Love it. But it really epigenetics is it's, you know, we know our na our nature, how we came right there are natural traits, but what you nurture changes things. So that's what epigenetics mm, is. It's okay. not what you come with. It's what you do with. And I think that we came with this hustle culture baked in for a while now, and we find ways to validate things in our life. Our brains are just really good at that. Whether it's good things or bad things, <laughs> you kind of have to control which one you're validating because <laughs> your brain's just really yeah. good at it. <laughs> and hmm. what I do know is that... So one of the things that my clients say regularly is everyone is noticing how much I'm doing. Why do I feel like I'm not doing so much? And I said, well, that's the difference. When you're productive versus busy, everyone can tell that you're being productive. But productive doesn't mean that you are hustling, doesn't mean you are rushing. Usually means that you're working with people and leaders, hashtag leadership math, right? If I work with you, we can do twice as much in the same amount of time, literally. Yes, I love that. And, and uh, you said people can tell when you're productive. The best clients can also tell when you're busy. Like they can also tell when you're trying too hard and it's a repellent from yeah. what, what's going on. You know, like they, they know like, oh my gosh, like I don't, even subconsciously it will tell them no. Um, He's too busy. Uh, I can't reach out to him. I don't want to stress him or her. I get to, or I get to play a uh, color commentator in this. And it's fun because sometimes you sound like the smarter one. She's a smarter one. Like this is, this is so <laughs> easy to see. Um, you said control what you validate. And I was like, oh, what you mean by that is master. 
right? Master, become a master of what you validate. One area of visionaries where I see so many visionaries fall short on this, and it's kind of, it can be scary to address though, is when you're, when you're trying to validate how valuable your product is and somebody gives you negative feedback, there's so many entrepreneurs who go, oh, we're the first person we've heard that from, um, you know, and you defend it. Um, you're like, oh, no, that's the first time I've ever heard that. Um, or, you know, oh, nobody else ever felt that way before. You know how everybody felt? No, no, you don't. Um, you know, Harvard Business Review on Yelp. For every one negative review you got, 26 people didn't speak up. That was before COVID. COVID, everybody put a mask on, put ear earphones in. Now nobody tells you, um, you know, like, like what's going on. You have to be willing to look at it. Um, and that's that to me is one of the greatest areas of, of you know, we, we don't need to get scared of any top type of feedback that we have. Um, not if we're centered on who we are. How how can leaders develop that skill set, Karajin, where mm. they can they can have enough self-confidence to be able to or whatever else they need in part of that formula to be able to receive feedback and know that it's going to drive better results from them rather than hide from it? Uh, simple answer, practice. I mean, simple answer. Uh, not so easy, but simple. Uh, emotional. So I would lean into emotional intelligence and asking for feedback. Get, okay, I'm going to say it this way. So in emotional intelligence, one of the greatest things, one of the greatest human hacks you learn is that it's really not about you. Now, we've heard that in multiple places everywhere. But when you realize that each person is almost exactly the same, except that our experiences are so completely different that that changes how we, it's, it's like flavors in a soup, a small change in the seasoning changes the entire soup, right? So what is right for somebody else when they are giving you feedback is a hundred percent right and valid for them, period. Yeah. That is it done. But just because they're right does not mean that you are wrong. Correct. It's not how it works because what that just because it's right for them does not mean that it's right for me. So when someone gives you feedback, here's the best thing to practice. Thank you so much for letting me know that. Say it with me, friends. Thank you. Virtual so hug. Thank you. Yes. Literally. And then pro tip, if you want to take it so that this becomes something that gets more in your life and easier, you say thank you. Say more ask a few questions, get some specifics, figure out one thing in everything that they said that you genuinely feel you could in fact impact or work on because they literally just gave you the keys to the kingdom. All the things that they want you to do to make their life easier. If you can pick one and say, thank you so much for all of that feedback. You know, I, I heard you say that I'm just not communicating as quickly as you would like. So you know what I'm going to do is I'm going to make sure that I'm getting back to you within 24 hours. Is that enough time? Excellent. If I don't, I encourage you to remind me that I made this commitment to you. Thank you so much for letting me know. I love that. I love that. To add to that framework just a tiny bit, when you're asking for feedback, <clears throat> one of the things that you can also add to that is, is making sure to say, you know, one, I'm going to love the feedback that you give, I promise, because people are scared to give it. They don't want to get attacked. They won't hurt you. And two, tell me more about that, right? That question of actually like digging deeper, tell me more about that is not a question, but is one of the most important statements to support any question that you ever ask somebody. 
So when you're diving deeper, now they know they have permission to go into the real depths of what they may have wanted to say. We had a branding specialist that told us that she hated the hero concept um, of our brand and, and that we needed to move on from it. Um, it was almost her words. Um, it was very much you know her direction with the branding idea. And sometimes advisors give us feedback that you know isn't aligned with what we do, even though they are the expert. And granted, she is. She's very good at branding. Um, the key, I could have been better though at validating the great things that she did come up with in that process, the diplomacy skills of what you said, like being able to validate what she did give to us while honoring and standing for the brand that we knew that part of our brand wasn't going anywhere. Um, and it wasn't going away. That's also something that I love what you said in the beginning. It's practice, 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 practice. We've got to do that. Well, well said. What's your vision for you, Kara Jean? Mm, I have an audacious goal, <laughs> which I love to talk about. Uh, so my husband, son, and I are welcome to WAM. This is our Wilson Adventure Mobile. And we plan <laughs> to tour the U.S. to do research and development on eco-villages because we want to buy land and build our own community. We want to build an entire eco-village around a STEAM university. So science, technology, engineering, arts, mathematics, and medicine. You got the magic school bus. Yes. Yes. I, love I really this. want to build a physical magical school bus at a site. Yes. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. That is so cool. <laughs> it fits with the hair. Okay. You get the trophy. <laughs> yes. You get. Oh my goodness. That's amazing. Okay. So yeah. uh, when? When do I get uh, the the original plan well, well so interestingly enough we're about two years ahead of schedule so when we first started planning this my husband and I pri prior to having a kid uh, we thought you know, 2025, we're going to get a trailer in 2025. We ought to be just about done with potty training about then, and then we'll launch. But we're actually looking at either this summer or next summer. Okay. Miss Frizz will call me when this happens, okay? Oh, it'll be all over. <laughs> just start watching y'all for Wham! social media because we're going to share the entire audacious experience with you. Yes. That's so cool. You get to see the mess and all. <laughs> I love it. I love it. We're going to dive from one of the most magical statements I've ever heard um, on the show into the darkest of questions that I ask. Yeah. Um, and so, so yeah, jarring move. I don't even know how to make this transition. So I'll just own that. Segway. There you go. Oh, segway. Right. So what is the worst leadership experience you've ever witnessed, seen, or had, or done? Hmm. Golly, there's just so many to choose from. Is that a terrible thing to say? Well, you're in leadership development here. Nobody's shocked here. Okay. No, nobody. <laughs> Probably. You live in the world. <laughs> facts. Humaning. Um, man. So for me, the worst thing to see is the snowball effect. So you know when you are working in a company and you start to notice something's going sideways. You know, you're in operations, you're doing the things you're like, ah, this isn't coming from us. This is a this is a fall down problem. Uh, and I can even pinpoint where. Right. So we're growing and it, our, our top is not. And if we don't have executive presence at operations, we're going to lose some brand. Right. And so you mention it. So you actually get up the courage to go to somebody and be like, hey, so. Uh, you said that it's really important for you to be connected with your operations and you're not. I think we ought to deal with this. And they go, I don't think it's really that big of a problem. And I go, okay, 
it's your business. You do you, right? And then you follow along for a few years and you start to see those Swiss cheese holes get bigger mm-hmm. and bigger. And you're like, okay, no, but I have to say it again. Okay, but no, really, really. So if we want a foundation of trust, we're really going to need to uh, build that trust. And executive presence is huge for that. So if you're not available, we're going to have to find a way to make someone who can have that clout available so that we can go help people, right? We need to, it's hard. And then we had a pandemic and they said, no, I really don't think that that's necessary at all. Mm. And you can watch as a company with absolutely the right people, the right intent, the right framework, the right everything starts to no longer want just alignment. They start looking for agreement because we just got to get through. We just got to get through. And once we get through, then how many of us as entrepreneurs or leaders or human beings have said, when I have, then I can, Hmm. rather than just canning now. And when I, when you watch that unfold over years with a corporation, it's heartbreaking because you absolutely love the people involved. You know, their intent is 120% the right intent, but mm. our be- intent and our behaviors, if we don't align those whole things go sideways so fast. You know, everybody's listening. Tribal leadership is one of the absolute most well-researched books on the planet. Like it is that it is that good. It is that amazing. And you just dissected one of those, again, one of those sections I was listening to last night um, about people who say, when I have, then I can versus the tribal shift, you know, that the next magical level of growth and leadership and, and success comes when you say now, right? Now I can, um, right? You, you look, it's, it's not based on an external contingent. It's based on the average. I thought you were describing marriage for a while um, while you were talking about that. <laughs> the, the, the challenges, you know, right? Relationships. It's all exactly the same, but different. Yep. Relationships. That's right. That's right. So. <laughs> I'm, I'm grateful for that. And yeah, we've, I, you know, if you've been lucky enough to work in a great culture, you know, with people who you care about and love, a lot of times it comes down to our ability to, or our inability rather to communicate, right? Yeah. To listen, to understand people um, it, it, that deteriorates far too many great relationships. Um, on the flip side, if you're stuck in an environment where that is the cultural norm and desired standard, and you don't have the tribal leadership book skills of languages of, of transitioning those, which I did not when I was in such a culture. Um, you're, you know, it's sometimes best to change environments completely um, and realize you got to find people who understand the value of we can now and start fresh with, with those types of people. So do you want to talk about that a little bit further? Or do you want to dive into the best leadership experience? Um, well, so just a little, cause I love that. I love, uh, And that's part of, it really ties in everything we were saying before, right? So this hustle culture, it used to be, we had this hustle culture. And if people cared about people, the staff really appreciated that. They were like, wow, this is a great place to work. Uh, The new workforce expects it. (laughs) They're coming in with some emotional intelligence. And if you have less than them, they're like, "Mm, I'll go somewhere else. But as a neuro spicy, we need it. We need that safety so that we can innovate. And the neuro spicy will, they will come up, they will make connections that you're like, I never, but now that you obviously. Oh. <laughs> <I guess. laughs> 
Such a good you thing. have to create that space to get that result. Yes. Oh, well said. Oh my gosh. Um, let's end it right there. Um, so now let's keep going. I'm I'm gonna binge drink out of your fountain. Um, so what's your best leadership experience look like? There's also really a lot high. of really good ones of those too. Uh, okay, so shameless plug, go to empathycircle.com. You're welcome. Their Empathy Circle facilitator training is currently free. Also, you're welcome. And here is a community that has, Edwin Rush has been building this community for decades. And he is relentless in his desire to get empathy and empathetic skills into the hands of the, of the world. In this, yes, in this, uh, it, recently there has been an explosion within the community. So he, him and his brother purchased an old seminary college in Santa Barbara, California, and they are renovating it to make it a physical center of empathy. And y'all, I'm talking like hooking up the trees so they sing, permaculture for the land, discussions about what does empathy look like in furniture, in paint, in quiet rooms, in loud rooms, in art, and it's incredible. And it's exploded the movement. And when you have these massive scaling experiences, and I know any business person out there who has ever scaled knows this experience, it can be really hard to stay on top of that wave and not get churned up into the middle of it, to really direct it and write it where you want it to go. And because Edwin has baked empathy and his empathy practice into his community as a way of handling problems, it is scaling beautifully and people feel that they are part of a movement rather than making a movement or lifting a movement or working for a movement. They're a part of it. And it's an inc and that kind of leadership where even when you are exhausted and tired and absolutely overworked, the people around you still feel that they are a part of it and they want more. They want to help more. They want to take more off your plate. Oh, I just want to hug those leaders, period. Mm. <laughs> That's hard to do. You know, we all get hangry. Absolutely. Um, you know, like we all have moments and it is, you know, we're sleep deprived or we're hangry. And, and you know, those are the, those are truly the true tests of, of character as a leader. Um, it's definitely still something that, that I struggle with and, you know, like want to, to champion to get better. You know, like it's, it's big and important to me. What would you, what are some of the frameworks or things that somebody can do to step into their best leadership and their worst moments when they Go know they're take that training? Yeah. <laughs> that That's is part the of the reason it's the shameless. You mentioned plug. shameless plug. Teach me about that. What's the connection? So I am absolutely uh, one of the volunteers who support. I help, uh, I help them with the summits that they're running right now. Uh, I like to do yeah. them you know, just support in general. I am excited to get to go down and be on the site and do another training. I'm certified as a facilitator myself and I'm shameless in promoting them because the skill, <laughs> what I learned, the best thing for me that I learned that I literally use every day. Um, and twice on Saturdays with my toddler, no joke. If you're a parent run faster to that site and sign up yesterday. Mm. Okay. Uh, but if you're in leadership and you can train yourself to reflect, Collect what somebody says to you rather than reacting, rather than responding, rather than asking before any of that. If you can train yourself simply to say, so what I heard you say is this. 
it changes everything in every conversation. It allows you to meet them where they are. You get to experience what they are saying from your own mouth. And if they say something that irritates you, because that happens a lot, (laughs) it buys you time to process your own emotions and be like, okay, settle, settle, let the spiciness cool down and then respond after you've reflected. And that one skill has elevated my ability to lead people exponentially. I love that. I would add one layer in between there. I love it. You talked about reacting like an animal, uh, responding like a human, um, you know, and and just quickly like saying, oh, I heard you. Let me tell you what I feel. Um, The one before the reflection to buy yourself even more time is still that that statement for me of tell me more about that right like let me you know help me make help can you can you help me understand what you mean by that um right that can also be helpful but the reflection game there's a game actually in therapy they call it passing the ball Mm -hmm. um and that passing the ball is once somebody has said what they they need to say they give you the ball and then you take that and you say now here's what i heard and you say, you know, you said um, all of our money, you know, is going to my business and taxes, right? You give the ball back and they say, no, it's not what I said at all. I said, I just want to go out with my friends once in a while, um, right? <laughs> like, and then you can take the ball back yeah. yeah. again. Right? It's a really interesting game. And I haven't used it in a while because my diplomacy is taken off to new levels where we don't need it as much. But it is one of those systems that I use to train my, my entrepreneur is on, okay, wait, here's, here's where the, the misconstruing is happening between you and, and such and such team member. Um, but that, I love that reflection aspect though. Um, you know, it, that is very much passing the ball. Um, you know, it's, it's a new way to look at it. That's not as childish, which can be good for people who are, um, you know, less into, Oh, I don't have a kid that's 12, 10, eight and three. Um, so. <laughs> oh, but if you do if you do have a toddler and and i know if you do you know how they get and let's be honest let's if you have teammates and they get that idea fixated in their head and they're like i want this thing i want this thing i want this thing and you're like hey i hear you want this thing they're like yeah i want this thing you're like what's your favorite thing about that thing and they're like oh i love this part of you like oh i heard that you love this part of it they're like yeah i go what else do you love about it oh i love this thing and by the third or fourth what else they've already moved on to something else yes that's so cool i'm using that i i needed that the other day it took me about five minutes longer than it should have um and it was great i mean i i feel like a grandpa this time you know fourth child like i you know you kind of learn some things for first children um you know but that but it took me a while that would have been that much faster that's so cool um so yeah i'm using that uh well done solve the problems in my life um so all in one session um, so speaking of, if this was the absolute last time um, that, that we had the opportunity to share a powerful lesson, there's no other chance after this, Kara. What powerful lesson can other visionaries learn from your experience? I try and do these without getting too emotional, but I get kind of emotional as I go into this space. I appreciate that. You matter. Your choices matter more than you're even aware. 
And the things that you've been told make you broken or damaged or divergent are in fact superpowers that you can leverage to do your best. And if there are things that you don't like about yourself, you can change because while the past shaped you, it does not get to define you. And you've already survived 100% of your worst days and thrived 100% of your best days. And there are more best days coming. I'm going to make you dive deeper. Where does emotion come from on this? I'm not going to make you, but I would like. No, to. I, I love to share the story. So warning to everyone watching suicide. We're going to talk about suicide. Yeah. So a big part of what put me on my path. Now I was already on my path sort of at that time, but the thing that dropped the gauntlet in my life was my brother's suicide. And it is the story of hustle culture that we all know. Such a beautiful, happy human being masked, right? That presents as so happy and, and joyful all of the time, struggling with unseen demons like anxiety and depression and neurospicy divergencies. In a position of power and growing through success within companies, getting more and more leadership put into their lap because they're so good at it but also that comes with chronic stressors and chronic stressors on top of invisible diseases can make you feel completely incapable, and it can cost lives. We know this from the statistics around suicide. My brother is, a, is one, is a, it's not even a drop in a bucket full of these experiences. And if people really knew, if they really knew how much they mattered, how connected they in fact were to everyone around them and how they didn't have to hurt all of the time, my world would be better. Yeah. Thank you for that. Um, all of our worlds would be better if we could also make, you know, more leaders can make space for shining light on darkness, not falling into it. Yeah. Um, so I, I honor that. I'm grateful for you for, for being, being willing to dive into the, you know, the, the depth of what you mean by that. And that is one of those elements of life that if there, there are too many people out there who don't know that they matter, that don't know that they belong. And when we can activate those people, in fact, I hope you, have you met Andrew Sosen or did you connect me by chance to him? No. Why do I know that name? Uh, Recovery Unplugged. Um, he's got a program that, and it's three of his executives um, out of his 400 plus you know, team members uh, they have been through his addiction recovery program, um, right? And they've gotten to the point where, you know, they're now very functional, high functioning executives that are, have families, you know, that are crushing it in life. Um, and his program's absolutely genius. Uh, you, you, I will connect you to. Um, uh, yes. Uh, I already have two connections that I need to connect him to. So yes, please. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, great. Um, that's, that's exciting because it, what, what happens when that occurs um, everybody who visionaries who are listening, when you take a chance on somebody because you're in a leadership capacity to help transform their life by being a guide, by asking the right questions, by helping them become a visionary of what they do, what happens is you end up creating a very good monster. Um, you end up creating somebody who can produce results that does that has everything to gain because of how much they've lost, and they usually have a trajectory you know, in life, that's just like a rocket ship. Um, so 
my other invitation and challenge to all you visionaries is instead of trying to hire, you know, the picture perfect um, marketing and brander from Nike, no offense to, to you guys who are crushing it in life, um, you know, but don't let the external factors be the guides of who you need on your team and why you should bring people into your organization. Um, learn to study out what, how do I recognize the signs of somebody who internally has it all and just hasn't had the opportunity to unlock that, be the person who unlocks that for people. And it'll be amazing what types of results you can drive together. Thoughts on that? Well, this is going to be your oh. last, last topic. Uh, I was trying not to cry again. Cause yes, <laughs> I mean, that's, that's really it though. It is, you can continue in the world to follow the hustle culture and try and manage people and figure out how to push them to results or you can lead people and you can align around values and you can co-create innovations that will change the world. I just got a great story the other day. Uh, often we think we want to be first, right? First class business. We want to be the number one. Uh, but there is a really, really wealthy patent specialist who says, oh, no, you don't. You want to be number two. Let number one invest. Let them learn and try and adjust. And when you feel like they're number one, go look at what they do, innovate mm -hmm. it, and patent it. <laughs> <laughs> number two Ooh. is, oh, well, in that point of view, hmm. But it really goes to breaking down these concepts of hierarchy just because somebody is a boss does not mean that they don't are not also a giant hot mess just because you're an articulate coach doesn't mean that you're not a hot mess also in fact i would argue if you don't have a hot mess you're probably not doing things i i agree my mouse pad i've, I've got a new life trick is my is a book right that i'm working on or using as a reference i reference this book all the time and dr peter drucker in the effective executive says that people with tremendous strengths always come with tremendous weaknesses. And if yeah. you want, you know, if you hire people based on the resume, you're going to find people who are mediocre. Um, if you, you know, the picture perfect person, the candidate that's politically correct. But if you want to have ex extreme successful results, you've got to be willing to make room for the weaknesses of that individual as well. Um, way ahead of his time um, in terms of, of writing that, coming up with that reality. And me and Kara Jean are like, go, go. Like, yes, yes. Get it. Um, so all, all of you out there too, um, and enjoy visionaries. Enjoy the opportunity to connect with Kara Jean. Uh, we're going to put her action steps on the landing page. Uh, that way you know what are the best resources you might turn to based on what circumstance you're in. Um, in addition to that, if you have uh, a question, feel free to drop it in the comments. Um, if you if you thought of somebody during this that you're like, man, I really wish they would, they could hear this, tag them, um, use that little ad symbol, tag them in it so that they can hear it for themselves. And one little life hack to help people get what you know they need is to then uh, put the timestamp. That way they don't have to listen to the full interview. They can go right to the source of what they want. Um, also, if you're a visionary and you want to share your vision on this stage, in the top right corner, there's a button that says, be our guest. We would love to have your vision on the stage as long as it's holistic, as long as it's helping others. Um, you know, you don't have to be Peter Drucker. Um, you don't have to be uh, like, let's see here. Who else is on my desk right now? The Arbinger Institute with leadership and self-deception. Um, you know, you can you can be on the brink of starting something amazing. That's what vision is all about. 
Um, it's not necessarily come to fruition. But if you are the Arbiter Institute, like by all means, we'd love to have you too. Um, so <laughs> with that said, um, Kara, is there, is there any particular um, final message you want to leave with people or, or where you want people, where, where people should turn to next to get your support? Oh, come join me on Kara Corner and Facebook. I offer a lot of complimentary support in that space. Uh, I absolutely believe that coaching is worth tens of thousands of dollars because you're going to get hundreds of thousands of dollars results. I also know that we just ended a pandemic, y'all, and not everybody has tens of thousands of dollars to drop on it, but we all have problems. <laughs> yes, we do. So come meet other people who have the same problem. If you are a... STEM leader, a neurospicy leader, if you work in the STEM industry, it, if you want to are an entrepreneur, multi-passionate entrepreneur and want to be around other people who get it, who aren't going to shame you for growing and learning and developing and in fact are going to celebrate and support the things that you share, come share what you do in our corner so that we can be in your corner. But Kara... I already have a quote, a coach. Now, if that's that, if that's that belief that goes to your mind, that is called a limiting belief. And it's not something to be scared of. It's a reality that you're dealing with. And I would invite you to look at successful people in the world and think, I wonder how many coaches LeBron James has for all the things that he does. I wonder how many coaches Elon Musk has for all the things that he's doing. I wonder if it's smart to have my spiritual coach who's broke be my financial coach or my financial coach to be my team leader coach when all he's worried about is risk assessment for my own money and his own money. Maybe not the best leadership guy, um, you know, to, to go towards. Depends on everybody's personality, of course, but my invitation to you is use the plus sign in life. This person and this person, right? This company and this company, this opportunity and this opportunity. When you find people that align with your heart and your mind, run towards it. Run towards Kara Jean Wilson, she's amazing. And we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. Everybody have a fantastic rest of your day. Take care. Thank you for being here today. I'm really happy that you tuned in to Vision Pros Live. I'm looking forward to seeing your reactions as these episodes continue to move forward. This is going to get more and more fun. We'll have more and more engagement as well. We'll invite people to participate in the show. And thank you for giving us your time and attention. Have an excellent time building out your vision and becoming a Vision Pro yourself.